0: Welcome to the Stories to Love podcast, the podcast where I fangirl over creators and find out all about their inspiration in hopes to boost our own inspiration. I am your host, Tiff Marcello, an inspiration seeker and your resident fangirl. Hi everyone, it's Tiff Marcello and this is episode six of the Stories to Love podcast. It is September 30, 2020, and I cannot believe it is the end of the month. I just literally just realized w- the date. <laughs> but um today it is just me. I wanted to kind of spend a little bit of time today and talk about critique partners which are my inspiration for this week. But let's just check in. Are you all tired this morning? Um, I am. I'm pretty exhausted. It's been a pretty long month with uh, changes and transitions into fall as well as, of course, virtual schooling. But in addition, last night I did stay up. I, however, did not watch the debate like probably some of you, although I did hear it because my husband was watching it. But did I escape into my book to avoid the debates? Yes, I did. <laughs> um, I just wanted to be in a better space to be able to watch it with a clear head. The end of the days are usually are uh, the end of the day is usually pretty tiring for me, so I decided to nope out, and I'm gonna go ahead and watch it sometime today. But anyway, I don't have any regrets because my focus this last three weeks has really gone to good use because I finished my revisions for the first round um, for Love on the Run, which is my romance that's coming out next year. And I'm actually about 5K into the second round. So if you listened to last week's podcast, I mentioned that first round revisions of a book is always the hardest for me and it always kicks my butt. So I'm going to put a pin on that for just a second because I want to talk about um, what authors call their drafts. I call the very first draft from the start, from the beginning of Once Upon a Time to and they live happily ever after the end, I call that my first draft. And I call the first major changes I do to that manuscript first-round revisions. I have learned by talking to a lot of other authors and just by working with them that they call their drafts different names. Some folks call their first drafts their zero drafts, and then they call their first-round revisions their first drafts. Or they might call their first round revisions or second drafts, or they might just call their revisions edits. So part of listening to other creators I've learned just in their process is to really kind of not um, focus on the names more than I do what they're doing in this, I guess, in their process and work but in the first this, these first round revisions which i started 3 weeks ago i started with 63,000 words and in the last 3 weeks i dumped about 17,000 words and then gained about 34,000 words that bring me to now 80,000 words on this book so when I say dumped, I don't really delete all those words. I delete maybe singular sentences that don't mean anything. But if I if I have like even two or three sentences that I don't think belong in the book, I save it in a separate file. Scrivener, which is the word processing document or program that I use, Has an ability to create different folders. So, what I do is whenever I do a round of revisions, I have a folder that says, you know, first round revisions, second round revisions, and then I put words that don't belong in those specific rounds, I put them there just in case I accidentally need something back and I think those words are still relevant. But anyway, yeah, so I added thirty four thousand words, and my hand cramps just thinking about it, um, because those were a lot of changes, and it was pretty tough. And I lived in that manuscript for a while. In fact, I stopped drafting on my two other smaller, uh, small other projects because I needed to live in "Love on the Run." I wanted to kind of dive into it, swim in it, and I didn't want to get out of it until I swam an Olympic length, you know, race. And I am happy to say I'm on the other end. And I am happy to say that the book is complete. However, which this is what's interesting is that I wrote an entire book or I revised an entire book up to 80,000 words. But my instincts were telling me that something was still off. So this was two, three days ago. I was so proud finishing this revision and making some real great changes, but something was still nagging at me. And I think it was the motivations or the backstory of one of my characters, which I always find interesting, and I find interesting now that I was able to still completely do this entire book without really nailing that character motivation down. I mean, I had an arc and everything for this character. And obviously, I made it to 80,000 words in this manuscript. And part of me is like, isn't that enough? I mean, technically, I could polish this manuscript, make it really shine, and turn it into my editor in November. However, um, experience has taught me that perhaps that is not the best move. So I think back to the first books that I wrote, the ones that I queried and that I didn't get an agent with. And I wonder if it's because I settled four manuscripts that I knew in the back of my head wasn't completely strong enough. Um that maybe I didn't listen to my instincts because I had written an entire book and polished it. I thought that this is good. But again, I have also learned that when I do that, or when I have done that, I have, I receive feedback from my editor that, hey, this is not right. You know, so it she was able to see the holes. And so though that experience really has um, kind of made me think a little differently. So enter my inspiration for this week, as I had mentioned in the beginning of this episode, and that is my critique group. I love these writers. Um, there's a, It's a group of five of us. We've been working together for a while now, and they totally get me. So, I wanted this episode to be about them and about critique partners and in general partners in your creative journey because while we're doing our jobs alone and this endeavor alone, it's really been so helpful for me to have others who are in the same area with me. So writers generally write alone. Um, It comes down to the writer and their computer or notebook. And we live in our books and in the words that we write. I mean, I really, when I say I swim in my words and in my thoughts and in my ideas, I really do do that. And my family can even tell you that I Sometimes I'm not with them because I'm thinking about other people, which are the characters in my book. But I do think that writers need one another to bounce off ideas because we're too much in the thick of the book to spot huge problems. In this case, I could not figure out what was going on with the specific character's motivations. All I knew was that it wasn't strong enough. So that's what I did. I went to my critique group and I posed my problem. It was, they have not read my books. And and I have to say that with my critique groups, um, with my critique group, like they don't read every word I write, but they are the folks that I throw my problems at, my ideas at. And I posed this problem to them and it was like, you know, a six paragraph you know pitch from me on what's going on with my book and they helped me worked they helped me work my way through it and the way they did that was to ask me more questions they weren't they didn't really solve it for me in a way that they said this is what you need to do it was more well how about this and they ask, well, why does she feel this way? And why does he feel this way? And how do they both uh, react to one another? And how do they both relate to one another? They, when I say they, that means the hero and the heroine in this case. And, and I did have that light bulb moment. It was amazing, I, and it happened during the day when it was so busy here in our family. I was literally on the phone texting them and answering them back all the while, just trying to keep uh, the roof up <laughs> here. <laughs> and I came away with that light bulb moment. And I am so excited to jump back into this manuscript in order to fix it. Now, will it be perfect? No. No because I still have to give this manuscript to my editor and there will be changes. I have gone past that idea that my stuff is really beautiful and wonderful. I have to. I have, have already learned to come from a place of, okay, I know there will be changes and I need to be open to the suggestions that are given to me. So this kind of brings me to the point that everybody needs a little help sometimes. I am, as a Virgo, as a eldest born, as a writer who creates their own worlds, I am a person that sometimes doesn't ask for help. I think it's just because it's of of the way that I am built and perhaps of the way that I've nurtured this because my work is on my own. But it's so important that even as our world continues to, I feel like it keeps feeling like it's getting smaller because we're still in this bubble six months out from the pandemic, that I have to remember that the world is actually really huge and I have these great people to turn to and I'm pretty lucky that I can just access them and turn to them and say, hey, I have this issue with this book but it goes beyond that because this connection kind of transcends my work relationship because these are also the same people that end up hearing what i feel as a human and to me part of like part of this podcast is reaching out part of me going to my critique group is reaching out to them so that they can help me. So it's, it is a truly a reciprocal relationship. And I think that whenever you're looking for folks to collaborate and to work with, that is so important. When it is not reciprocal, that is when all the hard feelings start to settle into place. Anyway, what a relief to find some answers about my book. Um, so I'm coming into second round revisions with really a lot of hope because now I kind of know where there there is that um, gap in the motivations. I kind of liken it to, so I have been making sourdough bread and there's a way when you can check if your sourdough bread is strong enough when the gluten has really taken shape. And that is this windowpane effect. So you put up this, you lift up your sourdough and you kind of stretch it in front of you and you see that windowpane and that's what you want. But if your sourdough is not ready, then it becomes a hole. (laughs) So my hope is that there won't be, even be a window pane, but I guess what I'm saying is right now it's a window pane. I feel like there's a lot of hope in what I can change. But anyway, speaking of relief, if you've wandered into my Instagram, I've posted um, my newest author photos. I wanted to make sure I got on the podcast and um, send a shout out to the photographer. Her name is Sarah Hargrove of Serendipity Photography, who I hope to have on the podcast. And that's why I wanted to mention her because she has such a great story. She is a fantastic photographer. And if you go to her website, which I'm going to link, you'll get to see her portfolio. And uh, she lives in the DMV and... I am very lucky to have had 20 minutes with her. By the way, if you can get me in the chair for 20 minutes and just smile with my favorite lipstick and then come out with a photo that looks like me, I think that, uh, that you're pretty amazing. So I had a couple of questions about that line um, that it looks like me. So I am in my mid-40s, and there's always a lot of conversation in, with the women and with the, I haven't, I don't talk to a lot of men about this or most of my friends are women where we have discussed this age of our forties where it is an age of a potential, a time where we can potentially become invisible. It's also a time when our bodies are changing and we look different um, from even 10 years ago. And it's not, not, uh, it's not attributed to, let's say, weight gain, weight loss, but it's more just a different look. You know, our hormones have really taken, um, taken hold of our bodies and we are in a different phase. So it shows on our face and I don't take a ton of selfies. I do for you know you know social media but not really to look at them i take it for social media and when i'm jumping into and i don't really jump into photos with my family i take more of the photos just because that's the kind of person i am so sometimes when i see photos of myself i don't recognize myself it's a very strange phenomenon um and it's not a bad thing it's just that I, sometimes I'm surprised and when I came into this photo shoot I asked her to not overprocess it and I said I really just want to look like who I am and someone who I recognize someone where I, the a picture where I can see bits of myself in the past and who I am today so that might be speaking over some of you all, but I'm hoping that some of you can understand what I mean by that. But um, anyway, she took the photos um, a couple weeks ago, uh, and she sent them to me. And when I uploaded them, uploaded them, I was just so so pleased and so relieved. Um, you know, my I was standing it with my natural posture my smile was my smile my face wasn't really too touched up um, I know this is silly because we're not doing any outdoor author events soon but I didn't want to look too different from my author photo so I'm glad I took them I'm very very pleased but that's where I am this week that's, this is why I wanted to do a, a mini episode because uh, this plus the next uh, guest would have been way too long. But I am plugging along and I'm, sp- I'm still searching for the small inspirations of my every day here at home. Next week will be another in conversation with a creator who I know you'll love. I'm editing that podcast um, now and she is pretty cool. So I appreciate you all who have subscribed. If you haven't, please do. And please leave a rating when you can. If you'd like to support this podcast, please grab one of my books for you and a friend on my website at tiffmarcello.com. And thank you for listening to episode six of the Stories to Love podcast. I wish you all inspiration in the coming days. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me, Tiff Marcello, at the Stories to Love podcast. You can follow me through my newsletter at tiffmarcello.com and Instagram and Facebook, as well as Twitter under Tiff Marcello and Stories to Love podcast. You can support this podcast by picking up my most current book, Once Upon a Sunset. Thank you for joining me.